Hi and welcome to a new episode of Pat's Chat. Uh, today I'm with uh, Babu. I refrain from saying his last name because I'm really scared I do it the wrong way. So maybe you can tell me uh, your last name first, Babu. Uh, also, welcome to the show and thank you very much for your time. Thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me, Patrick. And it's really it's a name. nice to be here. Um, my name is Babu Priyavrat. Uh, so I know the second verse, people usually call me Babu. Yeah, yeah that's why I will, st I will stick with that if that's okay. Uh, so Babu, yeah. I know you're from India. Uh, that's all I know from your past. Uh, please let me know where you grew up and what was your childhood like? Uh, so much. Uh, I spent a lot of time traveling within India when I was a kid with my parents. My parents moved from town to town and I acquired languages well, while they moved from one state to another. Uh, India is uh, multilingual, means many languages. So from the early childhood, I was very much interested in languages as such, and various languages. Uh, yeah, so I got a job in a, in a city called Pune, and then I went to Middle East, uh, where I also gained some languages and then uh, then I kept roaming around the world and then I landed up in, in Malaysia um, so yeah I've spent quite a time in Malaysia before as well uh, so awesome that's, that's I, I saw you speak uh, among all the languages uh, also Spanish and uh, Hebrew right Spanish was a bit, uh, bit Hebrew yes uh, but Spanish is not very fluent Hebrew I can speak Still, still talk to wow. any two. Okay, awesome, awesome. How, how many languages in total? Uh, it is around one, two, three, four, four. You can say. That's, wow. That's okay, cool. awesome. That is, and that is without the programming languages, right? I think you have a lot more <laughs> in this area. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you moved to Malaysia, I think in 2011, so almost 10 years uh, you're in Malaysia now. Uh, what, what made you uh, relocate and especially what made you stay here for so long already? Uh, first is it is centrally located in Southeast Asia, um, so it's very convenient to travel. Uh, say, and I do see it's an important place where people come and go. Uh, not for uh, just transit, but also for business. And uh, it's, it's proximity to Singapore also helps a lot. Uh, so Kuala Lumpur doesn't feel a lot more different than home. It is very much similar. The food is very much similar to the Indian food, and that also helps. <laughs> so that, that, is, that is one of the reasons uh, I would rather prefer Malaysia uh, rather than um, other places. Uh, I'm a vegetarian, so that's all. That's more pressure in moving somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's is easier in Malaysia. I know the food is uh, is awesome here and uh, also very diverse, so you can find anything you really desire. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Great. So so how about your tech background? You you were always like a techie when you you grew up. You knew you wanted to something with technology or in programming developing was that the case yeah so during college days we were kind of geeks 
in the college as well. So, and uh, we also presented papers in, in uh, tech institutes. Um, we worked with GSM protocols at that time. That time was GSM protocol was very hip, I would say. And then, then we moved to um, I joined a company. Uh, of course, a software development company has its own tools and everything. But we also see when I was working for the clients, I also see there's a huge amount of data which doesn't go really utilized. And that's where it piqued my interest in going into a data science side. Uh, and I got into the data science side. I made some tools, internal POC tools, which can help in analysis. Uh, of course, I cannot tell you more, but it was well meant for that company and we exposed those tools to some of the clients. Uh, and it, it was a POC mode. So we, that, that was early 2014, I would say. So, yeah, so at that time, uh, data, data was just big, uh, data science was just becoming hip. It was not so much in way and people really didn't understand a lot of challenges, especially time series analysis, customer segmentation, and all those, all those concepts were new at that time. Um, the language is also, also new, but it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, slowly I moved to, to on this side which is uh, on a building a community uh, where I see that there is a lack of knowledge. So I started building a community and over a period of time, we, uh, we eventually grew into a big community. Yes. And the uh, community is of course uh, very well known. It's a huge community. Uh, it combines the two terms that you just used before, uh, geeks, uh, you, you uh, considered or described yourself as a geek and uh, AI artificial intelligence, so AI geeks is, is the community. We come back to that uh, in, in a moment because that's really a, a very interesting topic. Uh, first of all, um, I would also like to discuss with you uh, AI, the, the general, uh, generic topic. I mean, artificial intelligence now is... Uh, everywhere and everyone talks about it everyone wants to do something about it uh, and we know also there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to ai so what what is from your point of view if you describe to someone just really new to that topic what what is ai uh, so in a traditional programming you have a input plus an algorithm and you get an output what is happening in a machine learning on AI side that you have take those in and input and outputs which you have from a uh, which you're getting from the real world and you get an algorithm out of it so that is the basic very basic layman's term uh, in, in, a, in a, this one to say AI uh, rather than just input uh, you, you don't have an algorithm there you're putting an input plus an output to determine which algorithm is right, right? And that's, that's where the, you have a bunch of algorithms. Of course, when you go into details, you have a bunch of algorithms which you have, and you use those and you pick up which is the right algorithm based on your output. And you say, okay, this can be used to predict the output in future as well. Mm -hmm. And that's where the AI comes into operation. Uh, yeah. It can be any problem you think, uh, as long as you have the valid inputs and outputs you can definitely get an algorithm out of it. 
Okay, it, it's interesting how you put it. You put it like, oh, it's just about the, the algorithms. And of course, you're focusing on the, uh, the data, the, the machine learning, learning part. Um, if, if you put it in this very nicely way, you know, then um, people would uh, probably see it in a, in a other way as they currently see it. Currently, people see this AI is taking away all the jobs and things like that. Robots are coming. Uh, but you tell me it is for you it's just about algorithms um yeah so for me for me ai is the next step of improving the human itself uh, if you see if you have seen the alpha go deep mind challenge um, yeah there there was the dan nine korean player getting defeated by alpha go but he's coming back, he's improving his game, he's getting challenged where no human has challenged him before. Uh -huh. So I see that AI is improving or enhancing the human skills. AI uh -huh. is always going to be in human control. That's for sure. AI doesn't have a desire or intuition to do anything. Humans can definitely be, uh, cannot, it's not going to happen that AI is going to take control over everything in the world. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a misnomer from a science fiction coming up and, and we should, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think there's a, a big debate about that. I see you're more on the side, like, okay, the, the enhancing. I, I'm more like this guy, I looking for solutions that are enhancing uh, people so they can work uh, uh, with less effort or like have a better job, right? Or like uh, shorter work periods and things like that. Um, but yeah. there is of course also the other uh, other side, right? Those who really believe that uh, maybe in, in 20 years, 20, 50 years, like AI will be more intelligent than like the humans currently are or can, can basically do all the, the tasks or the thinkings that the humans can do today. Mm, yeah, so most of the tasks, I, I do see that people are getting worried that uh, something called robotic uh, process automation, that is RPA, is taking up and it will eat up uh, some of the existing jobs. Now the question arises is if those jobs are getting automated, or not say this is AI, automation was always there. And automation is always a trend uh, yeah. since the industrial revolution. Uh, first people were uh, doing things by hand and the machines came up and then you would say, okay, we will lose the job, but no, the jobs increased. And uh, then you have sophisticated machines. Uh, now you have a 3D printing, right? So people are saying, oh, even those manufacturing jobs will go away. But in reality, what is going to happen is, is, is some more democratization, I would say, of of uh, manufacturing technologies, which will enable individuals to get more power. Same thing will happen with AI, is that as the AI tools become more democratic, the individuals become more empowered. So they will be able to make their own custom algorithms according to their needs, yeah. and they will be able to sell. Mm -hmm. As they are doing with 3D printing technologies, they are making things at home and they are trying to sell to everyone. Yeah, yeah. And what you should also not forget, it can make a lot of the jobs safer also, so we'll have less uh, injured or even people dying from some dangerous jobs. Yes, safety is, safety is a key, and that's, again, a, so humans have um, 
a limitation of attention span, right? And what it can do, AI, is the decision maker assumes that, but it can enhance your decision making capability by doing a search, by exposing you to threats. And uh, that happens and always in cybersecurity as well, uh, automatically threat detections and everything. Yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. So um, we move into the next topic, and uh, you just talk about uh, the algorithms that uh, AI is supporting, and uh, this goes also in, of course, in prediction. And uh, currently, we are uh, we are both uh, working from home, which is discussed before uh, because of this uh, COVID nineteen. And of course, there's also like a big debate and discussion ongoing. Uh, why couldn't we predict that, or why? AI or machine learning or like big data um, uh, platforms or, or algorithms couldn't couldn't predict that better or do more. What what is your point of view on on how AI really was involved in in COVID nineteen? What good did it do? What what bad? Or what were your expectations in this area? Uh, so for disease control, there are already models available which people use right mm -hmm. uh, what are subsequent so they are called sir models which is uh, uh, suspected infected recovered sir stands for that right so um and those models were giving you the idea that quarantines uh if you don't do the quarantine perfectly your numbers are going to rise up and um, people were telling you in the beginning itself it's it's just uh, the different policymakers have different opinions, and uh, and it's it's something not only the disease which but a AI as such. Uh, if you take an example, let's say of an AlphaGo again, AlphaGo is able to perform because it knows the environment very well, right? The environment it is acting, it knows what is the policy it has to do. Of course, it cannot know all the steps, uh, impossible to know, but it at least know what are the policies it has, what state it can transitions to. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to make a artificial general intelligence like that, you need to take all the real world policies and feed into a, a AGI engine. And then you will be able to come up with the policies, what would be the right policy for it, including the taxation, not only SIR, but also the economic model, taxation, job market loss, everything. What are the policies, how people have reacted in the past? What happens if you increase or decrease the tax? What happens if you do stimulus? So once you feed all this information, then you can have a very, but AGI is far, far away. The, the way AGI we are seeing is very nascent at the stage which we just use for playing games. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like a go right. Yeah. A real world AI uh, AGI solving machine is far away. At least I would say ten, at least ten to twenty years. Okay, but so what you mean? Um, are you saying because like historically we had no comparable disease? Um, also, it was impossible to to build this these models. But that would imply like. Now we should have a, a lot of data from 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 this situation, like locally here in Malaysia, but also globally. And that is one aspect. Yeah, yeah that is one aspect. Uh, we cannot have all the data, I would say, but we should have at least how the policies should be. 
So we at least you should know the environment uh, which it is enacting it. Right? right now, I don't think we have an AI uh, which can do a cross-functional environment. Like take an example where we, where people have started experimenting on it, where you say, I want to write a script and then movie gets generated. Now to happen that, you need to first understand the natural language, right? And then you take the natural language and you should be able to connect those words to the images mm-hmm. and make sure the images you are tying up next doesn't mismatches with the earlier one. So you need to set up all those policies in place. This is a movie making policy. Right? Mm-hmm. We're saying all these things I've just defined becomes yeah. a moving making policy based on a script. For that to do, you need to have an environment set up and it should be able to navigate the environment, then only it is able to generate it. And this is a step towards an AI, easy AI. It is artificial general intelligence, where we want to do, we just want to write a script and it can generate the movie for me based on, um, and it is happening already in those directions. But as we connect different kinds of AI to this, a specialized AI like natural language processing, computer vision, it will tend to move in a direction when it becomes AGI. So I know it just seems scary for you. Okay, this is this sounds like we have, I don't want to get there. But the idea is this is always in human control. Mm-hmm. It's always in our control how much control we want to give. Yeah. As a society, we can collectively decide how much control we want to give or we don't want to give a control to AI. AI doesn't have an, a motive to achieve anything. It's just an algorithm at the end of the day. Okay, understand. Okay, thank, thank you very much for explaining that. Uh, Babu, can you share some of the use cases or samples um, that you have worked on or you came across during this time that were specifically um, targeted to improve or work on the situation or predict also some things uh, with COVID-19? So we used SIR model, uh, which is, uh, which, uh, but we also took the airline data, airline scheduling data on a weekly basis. Suppose if what was the percentage change when compared from the previous year for the same week. So what was happening, whether it is dropping or it is, it is remaining the same. And we found a strong correlation that the countries where the scheduled flight, both internal as well as as well as international, decreased, uh, they were able to control the spread. Especially China, Japan, Taiwan, they have seen a huge drop in their domestic flights. Now, there could be reasons for it that they suspected it is an airborne, and it was highly controversial at that time to say this is airborne in a confined environment. Uh, now we are hearing reports it can be aerosolized and and WHO is acknowledging it. But that led to an understanding that um, that this uh, that's where the lockdowns, countries started implementing lockdowns when they came aware that it can be airborne in a confined environment and people not wearing masks can get can get infected. So data was telling that those countries who were able to control uh, having a significant drop in their in in their COVID nineteen uh, increase or rate of increase. So yes, wow. so there was a data. 
also there was a case of diamond princess which also helped which also pointed that most of the patient got infected uh, it is only possible that because you might be living in a confined environment where you have a centralized ac or something which is mm. of course there are food dispatchers which were infecting which could be infecting but this this was also a key indicator that early that uh, it was could be airborne Wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So basically, you detected that early, uh, but it was a controversial around that. Of course, it's also a political question, like how much you disclose or when you can disclose that. Yeah, it, it is very political. So we write we write a blog that, and it was a very controversial one that why COVID nineteen became pandemic. We find that in incorrect incorrect. Um, understanding of the nature of the virus itself contributed to, uh, to it mm -hmm. wow okay awesome very interesting i think uh, uh, you're really a, a geek you could talk like uh, another few hours about uh, that and and the use cases uh, let's move on to, to the community that you built uh, because that's also a very very uh, awesome inspiring project uh, it's called uh, ai geeks uh, maybe you you tell yourself a little bit what it what it is about and uh, when you founded that and and uh, how it's currently going. So AI Geeks we found in two thousand seventeen, uh, which is something back in June two thousand seventeen. Uh, uh, we uh, we were just one community in a city called Pune, and slowly we have grown into a six different cities. Our latest chapter is in New York, but we are not active there because of the reasons uh, New York is high uh, hotspot of COVID-19. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we are a collaborative platform where individuals, startups, and enterprises can come and do something together. So we also empower individuals to form their own team um, they can make a, their own, they can bring up their own idea and, and start working on something together. And we also have a process to make sure that their idea is protected and everyone gets a due share uh, if, if, they, if they want to become a star. Um, but we don't act, I don't, I as a founder don't actually contribute to it. Um, those are people who does it. We just act as a uh, more spreading about the knowledge about AI and what is required to get to get things done. So yes, that that's the mostly the community does. Uh, uh, so you're basically mentoring and keeping the community together. But I think in in Malaysia there's more than six thousand uh, members, something like that. No, 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 Malaysia is small. I would say. Oh, okay. Um, I think Singapore is Singapore is much bigger. So okay. there are 1,500 in Singapore, and then I guess there are 5,000 in India. And oh, okay. I so the total 1, 000, is over six. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so 1,000 in, I think there are 8,500 or 9,000 right now. Wow. Okay. I don't know the exact figures. And uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So they, these are people who uh, register in, but they are, when we see the active number of users, which participates uh, or or uh, click on our articles or read our blogs or participate mm -hmm. in our quizzes it comes around 20 percent okay okay i understand 
So, so can you let us know a little bit uh, some of the of the stories or projects that uh, were launched out of AI Geeks and how they're running today? So, so we did earlier, so as a part of tutorial, we always share knowledge. So we did something called defect detection, uh, where we experimented with eye blink detection. And also we did a, something for collision prediction, which where we can predict college, collision based on using just computer vision. We don't need to have a, a LIDAR technology to just estimate, uh, estimate uh, the collision because we are not really trying to drive the car. We are just trying to whether the collision is going to happen and, and can we alert the use. So we made a, a simple POC to demonstrate that, uh, which was uh, just, just exposed to it. Uh, but um, this is only for knowledge sharing. It's not a product. So what I say is most of the projects comes um, from the direct uh, members themselves. They are idea originators and they work together from a team um, and they develop some, something unique and they are doing themselves. Um, I am not privileged to say anything because I'm not part of it. Uh, <laughs> okay. so, yeah, I understand. So, but they, they, they transition from one stage to another. So, but we also allow individuals to come up with their own, own ideas. So like, for example, next Sunday, we have some, an individual who will be telling about passenger predictions systems, especially in a current scenario where you don't want people to get crowded in a, a railway station or anywhere place uh, where there's the threat of a pandemic keeps looming for at least an year. So you want to have a system where not many people are gathering at the same place and you, and you have a right passenger prediction system. So that could be some use cases we're targeting. Yeah. Another use case which one of the community members is targeting is, is how to find the right fitting of the clothes without going to the mall. So you want to buy a clothes for yourself, but you don't want to go to mall because you're not so sure whether yeah. the clothes I'm going to try has not been tried by someone else earlier or whether it has been True. disinfected or not. Yeah. So these kind some kind of ideas where the community members are targeting. Okay. And, uh, awesome, yeah. So, so you're meeting uh, once a week or once a month? Uh, we, we, uh, we meet as, as it is possible. So <laughs> it, works on, uh, it works on a who is presenting the idea. Okay. We don't do uh, we don't do educational meetups uh, which we used to do earlier. And mm -hmm. uh, we have more focused on now on team building. So yeah. people who are who are interested can present their idea, and then they can do a follow up with the team members, and and they can lead their own projects accordingly. Okay, I think all the information is uh, available on your webpage, aigeeks.net. I also shared that, uh, of course, in the video and the description. Um, yeah. or, or what is another way to contact you or the community that you prefer? That, that's the best way. Uh, so I think the community members, the moderators will pick up and start mailing you and they will start contacting you. <laughs> um, they... they I actively, I don't actively take care of so many things. So there will be people who will be taking care of this. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much for for sharing this. 
And to uh, conclude this uh, talk, which is almost uh, half an hour already, um, so Babu, where where you see personally um, the most exciting uh, projects or, or use cases coming up in the next few months or years um, when it comes to AI? Um, there are some something's happening strong in the medical fields, uh, which is. Um, related to brain-computer interface. That is one. Uh, I see an important uh, field where a huge amount of data will be generated as brain-computer interfaces start becoming more and more uh, popular or available to everyone. Uh, based on that data, you can basically uh, develop new applications which could be mostly medical in nature but also like very simple things like you want to control uh, drones uh, because you have so many drones and you just want to control many drones rather than using, you just want to use your vision to control them. Uh, and it is quite possible to do that. So these will be some areas where, uh, which, was, which is already being actively explored and they will become more and more uh, available to the common user. Uh, second would be uh, mostly in the field of uh, moving towards AGI. Uh, specialized computer vision is very popular now, um, but more and more integration will start happening to the various kinds of uh, uh, AI, specialized AIs like uh, computer vision, uh, uh, natural language processing, and you will see a more of confluence of various kinds of specialized AI happening and they will be just start merging towards AGI maybe in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Reinforcement learning should, yeah. should not be ignored. Yeah, reinforcement learning should not be ignored. That, that is going to come up with a big time, yeah. deep reinforcement learning. Okay, I, I uh, have a lot of students uh, asking me sometimes uh, about AI, where should they start? What should they learn? What, what is uh, your recommendation when uh, you come uh, when, when people ask you this question? Uh, depends uh, where you want to go. Uh, so my, I, I would say uh, you should have, rather than you should have a, start reading an algorithms and having a, uh, you should pick up a problem and, and start seeing what is known, what is unknown, and what is required to solve that problem. And if you see that AI is a part of a solution, then read those aspects of AI in, in, and go deeper, deeper into it. And the main skill of learning in AI that it is solving a problem and not just, uh, so once you do that, I think uh, we are able to learn faster and that's our model as well. That we allow the people to join projects so that they can solve real world problems. Okay, awesome. Like that very much. Thank you so much, uh, Babu, for sharing that, for your time. Um, it was really awesome. I uh, learned a lot today again uh, about you, about uh, AI. I hope, I, I hope uh, uh, you have any questions. Please shoot me a mail that is on AI Geeks platform. There is, there is a way to, to reach us, and, but you are also on my LinkedIn, so you can always contact me there. Okay, awesome. I will share those uh, links and the email here. 
so people can get in contact with you and the AI yeah. geeks. So again, thank you very much, uh, Babu. Thank and thanks to you for watching this episode. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, thank see you, you next week. Thanks, Babu. Yeah, Have a great day. Bye -bye. Hey, thanks. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by Adrian Koo FMC. He is a remote, multidisciplinary creative designer, entrepreneur with niche designs in 3D, packet designs, event designs, and branding. Aaron Koo FMC loves to connect via LinkedIn. Just search for his name.